Thank you very much. Thank you very much for this opportunity. You know, Alex, this is what we call Africa Month because Africa Day happens in the month of May. Uh, and so usually, you know, we celebrate Africa or African music the whole month. But it was very important for you to become as a guest tonight to the World Show because I think in terms of uh, Russian history and global awareness and global history, the 9th of May is very very important. Tell us a bit about why. Indeed, 9th of May is a very important day for for us Russians in particular and for the for the entire world, uh, if I may, because it is exactly on 9th of May, 1945. So that means 60, 76 years ago, uh, Naz- Nazism was defeated. This yes. absolute evil. Uh, and today, uh, as usual, we pay tribute to the heroes who sacrificed their lives, who stood all the odds and defeated Nazis, which, as I said, was an absolute evil. And uh, this is why it is a very, very important day, because uh, this is the day when history all took a turn. The history was changed forever, because the victory in World War II, its importance goes beyond uh, military sense, because uh, it paved the way for creation of the system of the international law. The United Nations were created as a result of the victory of the Allied nations in, in World War II. And as the heirs of the heroes who, who fought Nazis, who protected motherland, uh, regardless of anything, against all the odds, against overwhelming uh, forces of enemy, it is our, is our sacred duty to preserve the memory for future generations so that the, the nightmare of the war would never happen again. Elsewhere yes. in the world, so this is why we preserve the memory in every in every way, uh, every, every way we can, because memory lives on, memory always lives on, and it's all and it only depends on us how long does the memory live. Yes, absolutely, and um, you know, for me, I have to add in that it's a very significant moment because um, my uh, uh, my late grandmother's uh, family, uh, she came from a family of 13 children. 11 of them were killed by the Nazis. Um, so for me, it's also extra special to be able to uh, commemorate this day when as what you describe as an evil and we all believe it is an evil came to an end. So for me, it's a, it's a, it's a great honor to also be uh, uh, celebrating what I would call uh, celebrating the the you know the conquest of good over evil, if I can put it that way. Uh, amazing. So it is a day which is very significant, and as you say, for history, it's significant because we don't want to repeat these things. And I think, especially the way the world is now, we're dealing with a lot of problems in the world, and we need to remember these kind of moments so we never face the same thing again. Yes, in, indeed, because uh, the one who does not remember the past is doomed to repeating it over and over again. Yes. So this is why we're preserving the memory and we attach that great importance uh, to, to this day. Yes. And now, Alex, tell me a little bit about y- this project that you've been working on, this amazing project, Songs of Victory. I think it is. Uh, is that the way I could describe it? Yes, indeed. It is a Songs of Victory. That's, that's the best way to describe it. 
uh, actually, because uh, what Songs of Victory is a collection of the most iconic Soviet World War II era songs, because this was the music that uh, th this was the music that that helped the Soviet the Soviet soldiers to overcome all the hardships of war, because. This music keeps memory of the days of war even better than books, because this is the music that Soviet Union was listening to as it achieved the great victory. Yes. So that music embodies uh, that time. Yes. And uh, I believe, as I said, it's better than books, because music is like a universal language. Yes. And uh, I would like to share some of the finest pieces of uh of of, of Sovi Soviet World War II era songs, it, they are truly remarkable, and the stories behind the songs—it's what—it's what makes them even more special than they already are. Yes, in fact, uh, let's play one of the songs that you brought, and I want to speak more about the project. But what struck me about this song, and it's so interesting what you said, mm -hmm. this song is called Sacred War, and it's performed by the ensemble of the Red Banner of Alexander Alexandrov. And um, what struck me about the song, in terms of the songs you've given me, this one was the most, can I say, militant. It had the most militant quality. Maybe you want to speak to us more about it. Yeah, it, it, certainly, it certainly has a lot of energy energy to it because uh, in Russia it is considered as a non-official anthem of uh, protectors of motherland. See, its lyrics uh, were published only two days after the Great Patriotic War broke out. So on 22nd of June 1941, Nazis invaded Soviet Union and on, already on June 24, the lyrics were published. And the music, by the way, uh, was created by Alexander Alexandrov, uh, the, the same composer who created music for Soviet and Russian national anthems. Amazing, yes. Yes, so, uh, so this is the song, basically it is a call to all Soviet citizens to stand up and defend motherland against the overwhelming enemies. So this is the song of a warning, because yes. the war is nowhere near, it's right, right at your doorstep. The enemy is already invading, yes. so you need to find the strength inside, get up and fight. For yes. your motherland. So this is the call, call to banners. This is the call to arms for everyone. And this song encompasses, if I, if I may put it that way, it's, it's a symbol of unbreakable will to fight, to resist and to stand for your motherland. So it's a symbol of a righteous wrath of Soviet people who faced Nazi aggression for the first yes. time. So this is why it's called a sacred war. Yeah. Why is it sacred? Because it is the war to protect your family, to protect your home, protect your motherland. This is why it's called sacred war. Thank you so much. And I think, you know, even some of the things you touched on in describing it, I think we as South Africans can relate to that spirit of uh, song, song used for liberation. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, uh, with me today is uh, Alex uh, Ar Arifiev for the press attaché of the Russian embassy in South Africa. Africa and he's chosen a few tracks here coming up is uh, the first in the selection as he says sacred war <laughs> Wow, that's like a song of victory, actually. Never mind a mobilization. Kaya 959 on the street, on the air. And of course, uh, tonight's guest, Alex, is uh, sharing with us uh, some of the songs that are significant from uh, Russia, from uh, songs of victory, which again, I said, is uh, something that we also have. We have freedom songs, liberation songs uh, in South Africa. So this is something that I think is, is very significant. Alex, 
tell me a little bit about you before we move on. Obviously, you come from Russia. You represent your com- your country, uh, working uh, in, in diplomacy. But what is it? That, and and uh, as the cultural attaché, tell us a little bit about your love for culture and the arts. Where does that come from? Well, when it comes to my love to cu- culture and arts, uh, that actually goes from my family because well, my grandma my grandmother was an actress. Yes. And so she attached this love uh, for me, well, I think to the last of my days, because, well, everywhere I look, everywhere I, everything I look at, I think of it uh, as a piece of art in some way, because there's something artistic to everything we do, if we do it with passion, uh, that comes to my work as well, yes. uh, because I believe that everything you do with wholeheartedly and putting your soul into it, that's what makes the thing special. And I think that the the most important thing about art is to make things special. Even those things that might seem ordinary uh, at the first glance but the artist is the is someone who has the second glance and the third glance yes. so uh, this is what uh, what i can say about my love for culture and, and arts because uh culture makes us uh, who we are yes. well, well for 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 a very very big part uh so it's it's an integral part of me uh it's not that I actually i developed it somehow it just came natural yes. uh, because well given the russian language and russian culture which is vast uh well just russian literature for example gave a lot of geniuses to the whole world like uh, Fyodor dostoevsky alexander pushkin nikolai gogol and etc etc yes. uh we have beautiful artists such as like uh, ivan ivazovsky or or shishkin or I, I can just count them for for a lot of a lot of time. We're not gonna yes. <laughs> we're not gonna stay on air forever. So uh, <laughs> that'll be on. the next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because in fact, one thing I must uh, let the World Show family know is that as much as Alex has brought us um, songs that are uh, can I describe them as classical romanticism possibly but classical russian songs he's also an avid lover of contemporary music but today we're focusing on the classics <laughs> yes and speaking of culture mm. and uh and art as it is i just it just came to my mind that the songs of victory what makes them even more special i'm not sure how how can they get any special than than i than they already are yes. but still uh, to me, these are like flowers that that's blooming through the concrete because this is something beautiful that was born in harsh times of war. So uh, it was like a flower amid of storm. Yes. But regardless, of, regardless of all terrors of war, of all the hardships of war, yes, uh, Soviet people managed to preserve their love to art, preserve their culture, preserve their language, and uh, these songs are the shards uh, of this intention to preserve. Uh, to preserve something beautiful from a violent enemy that's rushing towards uh, Russian mainland. So, and to provide a sense of hope, and um, you yeah. know, I think music and the arts play a big role in yes, this as hope well. Yes, hope, hope, and inspiration. Yes. Well, getting back to the Sacred War song. Yes. Uh, these are not. Uh, this song was just what uh, wasn't just sang on the front lines. The home front workers also listened to it while they're working, and they gave them extra strength to to work even harder. Yes. Because you know there is a special reason why we call this war the Great Patriotic War. Unfortunately, uh, R- Russia's history, R- Russia's history saw a lot of wars, but only two of them are actually called patriotic. Yes. Uh, the first one is Patriotic War of 1812 against Napoleon armies when they invaded Russia, and the second one is against the Nazis, the Great Patriotic War. Yes. Now, the reason why it's called patriotic 
it's because the entire country, and when I say an entire country, I mean the entire country, everyone, literally everyone, men and women, young and old, everyone stood up, regardless of their religion, of their profession, of their age, of their gender, uh, of anything. They stood up to defend something that was priceless to all of them. And that's how motherland. Yes. Even the wor- word motherland is always, uh, is always written with a capital letter in Russian language. Yes. The, the second one will be victory. Amazing. That's very interesting. Yeah. So yes. this is how much importance do we attach to our, to our motherland? Yes. We don't even call it homeland. It's usually motherland. Yes. And these songs, these, these songs inspire us. They, they do get us back to, to those hard times. But the lesson they gave, they gave us is that we overcame all yes. those obstacles because we stood together as yes. one nation and repelled an attack of a violent enemy. Yes. Because for Soviet Union, victory in the Great Patriotic War, it was not a political matter or merely military matter because our very existence as a nation was at stake. Soviet Union lost 27 million of its citizens. Yes. So Hitler and Nazis, they made it clear that they didn't want just defeat us in political or military way. They want us to wipe us from the face of the earth. Yes. And since the first days of war, it was clear that it is a matter of existence, just do or die. So this is why Sacred War was one of the songs that inspired people so much, because they realized what kind of war they were fighting. And this is why their deed is indeed immortal. The eternal fire in Moscow, near the Tomb of Unknown Soldier, there's a special uh, memorial complex in Moscow and Red Square. With the flame. Yeah, with the flame. It's called eternal fire. This fire never extinguishes, never dies out, regardless of the weather. The snow, rain, wind, nothing can choke this fire out. Because this is a fire that's actually getting lit up over and over again by our hearts and souls. This is the symbol of our unified will to stand and protect what is precious to us. Thank you. And I think at the forefront of all of that is human beings, human dignity, human rights. And I want to play this next song, Zemi, Zemlyanka. Zemlyanka. You'll get mm-hmm. me speaking Russian soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple more songs. <laughs> Not on reading Russian, but anyway. <laughs> Zemlyanka is so beautiful, the song, performed by Gennady Belov. Is that how you say it? Yes, yes. Yes. So if I may... May I speak a little bit about Zemlyanka? Yes, I would love you to. So, uh, this song has a very interesting story of origin because it was born literally on the front line. So, the author of the lyrics, uh, it was a military journalist called Alexei Surkov. He went to the front line to write an article on Red Army's combat success. It was the Battle of Moscow, just ended. And, uh, by the way, uh, we're celebrating the 80th anniversary of the beginning of the Battle of Moscow, yes. one of the turning points of World War II and the Great Patriotic War. So upon arrival, uh, he and Red Army's guard got an enemy fire, and so they hired in, uh, they hid themselves in the Zimlyanka. Zimlyanka is a dugout shelter. Okay. So this is how we call it in Russia. Yes. Yeah, and when everything got quiet and the sounds of battle were too far away from them, he decided that it was a good time to start the article. He was supposed to write the article after all. But instead of an article, all he could think of is a poem. And amid this storm, if I may, amid all this gunfire, uh, death, screams and, and smoke, all he could think of is about his beloved yes. that still was waiting for him back, uh, back in Russia, back in Soviet Union. And he wrote a beautiful poem dedicated to her. 
and express how much he missed her. And it's really cold to stay in Zimlianka because it was still winter. But one of the verses, one of the lines of the song, it says that what's keeping me warm in the cold Zimlianka is my everlasting love. So he basically described what was happening around him. So a soldier was playing harmonica, uh, locks were burning. So he described a very simple things. But the beauty of the song comes from its simplicity. Yes. It's absolutely beautiful. Check this one out. Thanks again uh, to Alex uh, for joining us. Of course, uh, being uh, the cultural attaché for the Russian embassy here in South Africa. Check out the song. It really touched me. Nine five nine. How beautiful is that? You see, love will always prevail. Uh, Zemianka performed by Gennady Belov, and of course, uh, tonight's guest is uh, Alex Arafiev, the press attaché for the Russian Embassy in South Africa. Wow! Thank you for sharing such beautiful songs and stories. Now, this project that you did with these songs, and I know there's a whole lot more. What drove you to do this project? Was it a directive for you, or was it something you conceived? of Alex? Well, it was a joint project, uh, joint project of my and my colleagues. Uh, we thought that uh, we're, we're a huge fan of music, we're a lot of music fans back yes. in Russian Embassy. So we thought that music, uh, well, in all the sets of our uh, commemorative events, music was sort of, um, you know, sidelined. Uh, and we thought that that music was the uh, the ultimate way to express one's feelings yes. because it actually eliminates even the the language barrier. Yes. And the reason behind this project was to share the to ha- to share our attitude towards this war, to show how we feel and how we felt back back in those days, yes. how our ancestors felt. So the best way to share this feeling is through music. Yes. And uh, that, that's the right way, I think. Yes. So uh, th- that was the main idea that led us to the Songs of Victory project, because we can say about, we, we can talk about history facts, we can talk about main battles, we can talk about casualties, a lot of. A war is a, a topic uh, in its own right. We can go on speaking about that uh, over and over again for hours. Yes. And the music is the ultimate way to give the idea of how how people saw this war, what they thought of it, and how much how much of an imprint it left in their hearts. Yes. So in order to give a glimpse exactly of our attitude towards the war, I think that Songs of Victory was the, well, just the best way, and that's why we came up with this. There, you're right, there are many more songs. Yes. And there are many more songs beyond the Songs of Victory project, because these are just a couple of them. Yes. There are a lot of different songs. There are a lot of countless stories behind them. Uh, these songs were, as I, as just we listened to Zimlianke, they were created on on the front line. They were created by veterans. Were created by people who saw the war uh, with their own eyes. Yes. So it's a um, it's a historical monument in its own right. Yes. And actually, it it never ages. Uh, this is eternal. This is eternal monument to this war. Yes. A lot of them actually. Yes. Every every single song is beautiful in in its own unique way. Yes. So. Uh, the second reason behind the Songs of Victory project is uh, to show how versatile uh, was the music in, in, in the, during the Great Patriotic War times and during World War II times. Because as you as we're listening to to the songs, we see that there there are romantic songs, uh, there are, as you put it, energetic militaristic songs. Yes. 
we're not even talking about Soviet marchers yet. Yes. Because that's a whole different news story. Yes. But m music gives the idea of the war being something really complex. But the main idea, in the end, what they, what they all do is to bring hope. Yes. Because war is terrible. This is what Russia keeps saying uh, every single time. Because we're preserving the historical memory to prevent a new war from happening ever again. And these songs, they give us the idea. Just imagine how, how much strength does it take to look so deep inside you, to find something really beautiful, to find that force that makes you write a song amid the most destructive war in history of humankind. Yes. I just marvel at this at, at, at this idea at this very idea of how a people managed to create this yes in such circumstances and the biggest hope it brings me even today it gives me shiver every time i listen to any of these songs but the greatest idea they give me is that uh, the power of spirit and the power of love towards motherland towards your family towards your home towards is human beings yes is, is, it is indeed it, yes it is indeed the ultimate force that yes. can overcome everything no matter how how much violence, how much hatred, and how much how much pain you face. There's always something inside you that will help you endure. At this song, they encapsulate this feeling that they overcame. Our ancestors overcame this because they were staying united, because they were fighting for what is right, because they were fighting for the love, uh, for something they loved the most. And all of the songs, uh, I once heard a saying that every single song is basically a song about love. Yes. <laughs> it's just a different kind of love. Yes. And this is no exception and it shouldn't be an exception. Yes. And well, I just gave you the idea behind the songs of victory in, uh, in, in, in a less romantic form, I think, because I just explained in words, but still I think that uh, we should listen to another song because songs can convey the ideas better than words sometimes. Yes. But I think I just want to add on and emphasize again Everything you say is so uh, relatable, I think, to us South Africans, those who lived before and through the apartheid era into democracy. Because of the role that music played in the lives and hearts of people and we also have a legacy of what we call liberation songs or struggle songs that as you say are eternal uh, in their own right but now this next one is a occasional waltz and it's performed by Oleg Pogudin but you have kindly offered to give us a little bit of an a cappella version <laughs> of the track and I said Alex I didn't know you were a musician and what did you say neither uh, did I <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, neither did I I never thought of myself as a musician yes. because actually I've been trying myself in var various kinds of art. I was trying to be a painter, trying to be a writer, a poet, but not musician. Yes. I can compose. <laughs> yeah, well, luckily there are people out there who can. Yes. Uh, well, I'm not a professional singer, uh, but I'll try my best to give a give an a cappella version of Occasional Waltz because uh, to me it is a very beautiful song. It has it holds a very special place in my heart because the song is basically about uh, about a young soldier who came to a dancing club in, in the city. They, they are, the Red Army just got just just liberated from the Nazis, and he saw a young lady and he just asked for a dance. They don't they don't even know each other's name. They don't nothing about each other, but they danced. They just carried on. They danced and more and more and he was just thinking of talking to her not even talking to her just thinking of talking to her yes. and to him it seemed like all those horrors and hardships of war were just a nightmare they just vanish because he saw her and it is a song about about love that can 
blossom that can spark up even in the hardest of times. Yes. And how people just sometimes remember how beautiful life was before the war. So this is the song, Occasional Waltz. Well, with your kind permission, <laughs> I hope <laughs> I hope it will be at least tolerable. Ночь коротко спят облака И лежит у меня на ладони Незнакомая ваша рука После тревог спит городок Я услышал мелодию вальса И сюда заглянул на часок Пусть я с вами совсем не знаком И далек отсюда мой дом Я как будто бы снова Возле дома родного В этом зале пустом Мы танцуем вдвоем Так скажите хоть слово Сам не знаю о чем Будем кружить Вальсе кружить Я совсем танцевать разучился И прошу вас меня извинить Утро зовет Снова в поход Покидая ваш маленький город Я пройду мимо ваших ворот That's it. Wow, that was so, so special. Thank you so much. I can hear when you sing that song that you've carried it with you probably for your whole life. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Alexander Arefiev, of course, uh, the press attaché from the Russian embassy in South Africa, Occasional waltz performed a cappella by him, and now we're gonna hear the version performed by Oleg Pogudin on the World Show. It is, of course, Kaya nine five nine. Так скажите хоть слово, сам не знаю о чем. Kaya 959 on the street, on the air. What an absolutely beautiful track from tonight's a very special guest. Thank you so much, Alex, for sharing these songs and stories with us. And that is so beautiful. Occasional waltz. And, you know, it's interesting because you, you mentioned earlier about songs transcending language. And it's almost like as I was preparing the show with each of these songs, I felt what it was about. And now you've just clarified. And that's so incredibly beautiful. We are going to play a couple more tracks uh, before um, I let you go. But um, the one thing um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, tell us a little bit about this, the, you know, the state of the arts, music. What is happening in contemporary Russia today in terms of culture and music and the support of the arts as a country? Well, I can, sell the, I can say that all forms of art are fully supported now in Russia. Uh, of course, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, unfortunately, has its, um, has its imprint, uh, has its own consequences for the, for the culture. But culture is, is alive. It, it's, it's doing fine, actually, uh, because the th- theaters are coming back, operas are coming back. Every, everything is actually up and, up, up and running now. So the art galleries are open. And even today... Uh, well, not even just today. Uh, on 9th of May, 
because there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of exhibitions or special multimedia projects in Russia, concerts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So culture is always with us, uh, and even during the COVID nineteen times, uh, a lot of artists, Russian singers, uh, they held all their performances online uh, because uh, they wanted to inspire people in hard times. Yes. This is what music always does, uh, and art. Uh, always does. Yes. Uh, so a lot of performances were held online. So actually, we never let go of art uh, from our hearts, even in the, in the hardest of times. Uh, so uh, now, mm, culture in Russia, well, in, in every every form of art uh, is um, developing rapidly. I, c- I could say because well, in major cities and not. Um, Even in small towns, uh, every weekend months there are new performances, new new plays playing at the theaters, uh, new movies going going to cinema, both foreign uh, from uh, foreign producers and from uh, our home producers, Russian movies. Yes. Um, so mm, I think culture actually it it can be it, it can be vanished, it can be destroyed by something like COVID 19 because it's actually what's helped us to overcome all the difficulties in the first place. So that's our best uh, our weapon of choice, uh, yes. our best answer to everything uh, everything hard and unpleasant that life has in store for us. So yes, uh, I think culture in Russia is flourishing. Yes. Uh, flourishing now. Well, next time I invite you, you'll have to come and share some contemporary music uh, with us from Russia. Yeah, with pleasure. Yes. With pleasure. Because yes. you see, even those songs, they have a very spe- very special stories behind them. Yes. Uh, I'm eager to share uh, eager to share them as well. Yes. So every, everything we do in, in, in culture in Russia, it always has a very deep sense and uh, it will be a pleasure and an honor to share it with, your, with you and your audience. We'll definitely arrange that. But for tonight, we've still got to share two more songs. This next one is Cranes. Tell us about Cranes and who it's performed by. So Cranes is the famous song. It was created by composer Jan Frankel uh, and by Russian poet Rasul Gamzatov's poem uh, on the same uh, of the same title. So according to one of the versions, the idea for the poem struck Mr. Gamzatov when he saw a very special monument. So you see there are monuments uh, in Russia to those mothers, many children uh, of whom died during the war. So one of those monuments is located in Russia's city of Zadonsk. It is dedicated to Maria Frolova. All eight sons of hers died in battles against the Nazis mm. during the Great Patriotic War. Mm. Uh, and the song is one of the most vibrant symbols of the Great Patriotic War, despite the fact that it was actually composed and written after the war in 1969. But now, Grains, just uh, on a par with Red Star, Eternal Flame, uh, Immortal Regiment, it is one of the symbols of victory. Because yes. grains in Russia symbolize the souls of fallen warrior. Okay. Of fallen warriors who are soaring now to the heavens. Yes. So it's a very, very deep symbol. Yes. And this is the song that actually gave birth to that symbol. Thank you so much. The song Cranes performed by Dmitry, uh, I'm going to try it, Kvorstovsky, Skovsky. Kvorstovsky. <laughs> Thank you so much. You said it so much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> On the World Show.
beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Kaya 959, of course, uh, speaking to a new friend, someone I share a love of music with, Alexander Arafiev, the press attaché for the Russian embassy. And of course, he's sharing some of these classic Russian songs of hope and inspiration is how I would say. And that one is uh, Cranes, performed by Dmitry Rostovsky. Thank you. <laughs> I'll keep practicing my Russian. Oh, these songs are so precious. They really have a universal reach, that is for sure. You know, Alex, uh, thank you so much for joining us and sharing uh, this uh, aspect um, and for working on a project like this. I think it's a, a very significant, important and beautiful project. Thank you very much. Uh, it is an honor and a pleasure for me to share this, uh, th- these songs with you and your audience. Uh, as you said, they have a really universal reach and I just want to make sure this they, they reach the heart of everyone because it is a very special day and yes. we would like to share our joy and our pride uh, with everyone. So thank you very much and thank you to all the, all the listeners uh, who joined us t- tonight. It is a great honor for me. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Alex, I've got to ask you one thing before I play the last track for uh, the feature. You've come in wearing these beautiful orange and black, black uh, uh, ribbons uh, on your on your label, if I can call it that. Um, tell us about why you are wearing this today. Yeah, it's called the Georgian ribbon. It's one of the symbols of the victory in the Great Patriotic War. The colors represent fire and smoke. So it is a glory earned in battle. So just like a red star is one of the symbols and it's a tradition now in Russia to wear such ribbons, uh, regardless of your age, your gender, it's uh, just a universal, uh, a universal rule. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this ribbon symbolizes now, has additional, additional meaning now. It symbolizes the connection between the generations between the past generations and, and the new ones. Okay. So it's a symbol of our memory, symbol yes. of, uh, of the heroism and self-sacrifice of our, uh, of our ancestors and the symbol of that we keep it close to our heart. So oh, we carry beautiful. out, we, we carry out, we carry on their will. So as their true successors and true, true heirs. So it is the symbol of memory. It's a symbol of unity because this is, this is the day, uh, when we celebrate the unity of our nation because unity is what actually brought us victory in the first place. Great message in what you just said. And in terms of where we are in the world today, whether it's a national or a, a glo- or a, a continental or a global issue, it is our unity that will make change. Alex, you've left us with one last track, Katyusha. Yes, Katyusha. Katyusha. Uh, <laughs> a song that became one of the most vibrant symbols of the Great Patriotic War because literally every Soviet soldier knew, uh, knew Katyusha. On the contrast of, uh, with, uh, with many other songs, uh, if I may add, Katyusha was written in 1938, so before World War II started. Mm. But it was during the war, the days of war, when the song actually gained its true popularity. It's a simple, touching story of a girl waiting for her beloved one to return from the front line. But this simple story won the hearts of millions of Soviet citizens. Uh, home front workers sang it. Uh, the troops were singing, sailors of Soviet mm. Navy sang it. Everyone knew Katusha. So, and there are even countless 
versions of the songs created by Red Army soldiers, so giving Katusha every time a new role. So she was a female soldier, then she was a hospital nurse, okay. member of Soviet resistance, <laughs> so many roles for yes. Katusha. Well, Katusha basically is an affectionate variation of the name Ekaterina or Catherine. Yes. So that's the name of the girl who's singing for her beloved one. And according to one of the versions, legendary Soviet multiple rocket launchers, which were originally called just BM-13, yes. they were nicknamed Katusha in the Red Army because of the popularity of the song. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was that enormous. It was that great. I mean, the popularity of the song. So it's really an, immor an immortal song. Yes. Uh, so songs it's, it's what I call a, a Russian anthem. You know, I have songs that are not anthems officially, but everyone in South Africa or in Africa knows that song. That for me is an anthem. So it sounds like this is one of the informal yes, Russian yes, anthems. Yes, yes, that's, that's one of the yes. best known, best recognizable <laughs> Ru Russian songs. Yes. So Katusha is, well, it transcended the meaning of being just a song. It yes. is a symbol now because if I start singing Katusha in the streets, all the people will just uh, sing along because yes. everyone, literally everyone knows how to sing Katusha. And, um, well, on, on this beautiful note, I would like to share Katusha with you. Sing along. Thank you so much. And this time it's performed by the Red Army Choir. I'm Nikki B. Thank you so much uh, to uh, Alex uh, Arafiev for joining us on the World Show. And of course, for the work he's doing as the press attaché for the Russian Embassy uh, based in South Africa. Thank you so much. And I've got one last song for you after this one. So don't go anywhere because I've got to end off the World Show with another Another piece of information. На высокий берег на The World Show with Nikki B on Kaya 959. Kaya FM podcast. Go to kayafm.co.za for more.